0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 50 of Under Further Review with Burke and Jen. I'm Burke.
1: I'm Jen. And this is
0: our second attempt to um, record our 50th episode, so I guess technically it's episode 51. Yeah. And then we had the lost episode, so maybe it's really 52. But this is the 50th one that we are publishing.
1: I think it's actually, well, 51, um, because I think I did count the last episodes. Okay. In the, you They just... Just the numbers just skip around, but I think I actually counted. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, pod mascot, Rufio, ruined
0: <laughs> our last recording. If you follow us on Instagram, you've seen a couple of photos of him. Um, he was doing some real heavy breathing mm-hmm. on top of the recording, so we thought we would not uh, release that to the public and maybe trigger some horrible memories from people who got prank like, phone calls yeah. <laughs> back in the day um, and just re-record. So here we are. Um, the first topic we have for you this week is, um, Reggie Bush, who, uh, recently was awarded $12.5 million from a, by a jury in uh, St. Louis based on an injury that he suffered, um, while playing for the San Francisco 49ers, um, against the St. Louis Rams, now the LA Rams, um. What happened to Mr. Bush was he was running, uh, went out of bounds, and as he was going out of bounds, he apparently like ran off the turf and hit a piece of concrete, slipped, and tore his ACL. Um,
1: yeah, he was returning a punt, and I think when he was out of bounds, he also got pushed, which pushed him onto the concrete where he slipped in cleats. Um, and, uh, as you said, tore his ACL. He sued basically under the theory of negligence. Um, right. and that is what the jury found that the Rams had created and maintained a dangerous condition, uh, which, um, you know, led to an unreasonable risk for players who played. I mean, cause this is not a regular football injury. I presume that if he had like been pushed out of bounds and fallen on grass, he probably would have just fallen on grass, uh, except this was concrete and he slipped in his cleats and that's how he tore his ACL. Um, Interestingly, one of the points that uh, Reggie Bush's team raised during the case was that um, Josh McCown had been injured on that field um, the week before um, and, you know, pointed to that as the Rams were just negligent in how they took care of their field and just the general condition of the field. Um, apparently they refer to the concrete surrounding the
0: field as the concrete ring of death. (laughs) Although I don't know that anyone actually died, uh, at least at the St. Louis stadium.
1: And it sounds like it was pretty notorious though, that it was. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Something that people were mindful of. Um, so the $12.5 million breaks down, uh, by 5, $4.95 million um, in compensatory damages and $7.5 million in punitive damages. And one of the things that um, we raised when we did this the first time around is that half of the punitive damages, $3.75 million, goes into a tort victim's compensation fund. So that's not money that Reggie Bush would see. Anyways. Anyways. Um, And apparently the St. Louis, or excuse me, now the LA Rams are um,
0: definitely going to go into appeal and may ask for a new trial. It's not clear to me on what basis they would be asking for the new trial unless they're going to make the argument that like the jury was biased because they're mad that the rams left and moved to la
1: yeah i mean i when i first read the amount of the verdict i was and it was the and the fact that it was awarded by a st louis jur- jury i was like wouldn't you want to screw the rams too because they just picked up and left you guys
0: i w- yeah it doesn't seem completely unreasonable well. Um, Well, in the week since we tried to record this um, episode last, I've actually found a couple of new interesting um, uh, issues around this case. When the uh, St. Louis or the Rams, I have to stop that, the Rams asserted as part of their defense that Reggie Bush has had a number of knee problems throughout his career true. Um, and that they there was no way to prove that he didn't injure his knee um, prior to falling on the concrete and there was no way to establish that really it was the fall that caused his knee injury. Um, but the uh, the the plaintiff Reggie Bush asserted the, eggshell plaintiff rule <laughs> which was one of my favorite things to learn about in torts when i was in law school and uh, that basically means that you like find your victims as they are and if you find a person with an eggshell skull <laughs> and like a regular like normal uh, amount of i don't know force causes their skull to crack mm-hmm. then that's on you it's not their fault that yes, they're a particularly does. sensitive person or a
1: fragile fragile yeah. yes
0: mm-hmm. um yes. Yep. Yeah, sorry. Oh, no, but go ahead. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Uh,
1: you, I feel like you don't hear enough about the eggshell skull rule. You don't. Um, and I don't know. Like, this case is pretty textbook law school. Negligence, eggshell plaintiff. True. Um, you know, causation, all of that stuff. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, it, it does mean, feel like a hypo from your torts Yeah, law school exam. And, you know, for those of you who are still in law school listening, I'm, you know, just be... Just be mindful, this might end up on one of your your finals. Catch um, as many issues as you can. <laughs> um, yeah, so the compensatory damages, he did go on to play. He was out for the rest of the season, and he did go on to play, but the contracts that he received subsequent to this injury were, you know, for very minimal amounts of money in comparison to what he was earning as a star. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was out of the league, you know, basically the year after this injury, maybe two years after this injury. So, um, yeah, so caused, I guess there's no way to
0: kind of affirmatively prove that this caused his career to be over, mm-hmm. but it certainly seems like at the very least he lost money on the contracts that mm-hmm. he signed following the injury.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's probably a pretty good argument to be made that um, once you got to the 49ers in the, in, the, in the recent past that your career was pretty much over. Yeah, because yeah. he played for the Lions
0: before that. And the Saints. And the Saints. Yeah. Um, was
1: he on the Saints team that won the Super Bowl? I don't know. I can't remember. I don't know if he's a world champion Reggie Bush right. He
0: is no longer a college champion though since <laughs> that was erased from the record books. Right. Um, the other interesting thing, I think as like labor nerds that we are, um, an issue that was highlighted by the Rams is they argued that uh, the lawsuit was preempted by the terms of the NFL um, and the NFLPA uh, collective bargaining agreement, which, um, the Rams took the position, um, should have forced Bush to go through an internal grievance process, so basically exhaust his administrative remedy, I guess, before mm-hmm. he filed a suit in court. Um, they lost on that, uh, but they tried to argue that there were provisions of the contract um, that required a joint safety committee for reviewing the safety of equipment and services to be oh. established um, and because the joint committee hadn't finished their work that it was premature oh. for the district court to be making any kind of findings in this case. Uh, the the circuit court judge, um, Judge Jean Hamilton out of the Eastern District of Missouri uh, didn't buy their argument at all. Uh, And basically said, even though there's a reference to the CBA, um, it doesn't mean that that preempts all federal law that applies in this case.
1: Um, How is this not a workers' comp case?
0: Well, that's a really good. Maybe because he was suing. Is it because he was suing not his own employer, but he. How do you even have
1: workers' comp in the NFL? I've never thought of that. Yeah. uh... Maybe we'll just bring on a workers' comp expert because neither of us are workers' comp attorneys. And I have so no. many questions about workers' comp cases. But yeah, I mean, this is an injury that arose in during his, his like, employment his yeah. job.
0: I wonder if they're like exempted from workers' comp cases, workers' comp law because of the nature of the work, and they get special treatment under all kinds of yeah, laws.
1: yeah. I mean, I I get that and I can understand that, mm-hmm. but at the same time, there's got to be and maybe this is what the Rams were arguing, there's got to be a step between you being injured and then just you just suing us in court like a regular slip and fall, which is what this was. Right. right? I wonder, yeah, I wonder if it's
0: because he's not suing, like if he had gotten hurt at Levi Stadium, mm-hmm. if it would have been a different situation. Because uh, he's not suing his own employer. He's no, suing that's true. He's... somebody else. Yes.
1: Huh. Oh, so many questions. This, I thought this was a pretty easy question like story but no it's raising all these other questions
0: yeah because like what if somebody so if like i'm a public works worker and i'm out i don't know fixing a stop sign and someone's dog runs out of their house and bites me Mm -hmm. so i'm injured in the course of my work yeah so i would be able to file a workers comp claim through work but then i think i'd still be able to sue the people whose dog bit me yeah yeah
1: okay so maybe that's how it works then yeah all right. Look at us
0: working <laughs> things out. I know. it's Live good. in
1: real time. That is not good. legal advice. No, it's pretty good for a late Friday night. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Reggie Bush, that's, yeah. More issues to spot people. <laughs> yeah, there's so much happening in that. I took a
0: workers' comp class in law school I feel like I should know more about it but it really went
1: in one ear and then once I took the exam fled my brain I did a clinic in law school for workers class so, <laughs> but I mean because it was a clinic you had people just coming in and saying I cut my hand at the restaurant like what do sure. I do and you're like here's the paperwork for you to fill out and this is what your employer needs I mean like, that was the extent of it as opposed to more high-level analysis as to how does antitrust law, you know, implicate the fact that, like, there might be workers' comp overlay or collective bargaining (laughs) overlay. I mean, so the clinic was much more bare bones. Also, they get medical treatment through
0: their employer. Like, that doesn't happen. I mean, well, it's sort of – it's not the same in, in, like, other industries. But I know for, like, in our – with our public sector Mm -hmm. clients, there's a – you know, they have a workers' comp doctor that you go to Mm – um, but they're not like city employees or yeah, county know, employees. Exactly. Well, I suppose if there's a county hospital, it might be county employees. <laughs> we can stop this conversation because now we're just going on a real boring rabbit hole. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I feel like there's got to be some special treatment for them. Yeah. Given the nature of the, of what they do.
1: Yeah. Yes. It has to be, it has to be this way. Um, so moving on to our second we have, like, three NFL stories, even yeah. though it's the NFL offseason, and this is... They have a lot of time on their hands. Yeah, this is... Um, Actually, aren't um, they all retired players now?
0: Oh, uh, no, Jameis Winston's not. No.
1: Well, we can talk about Jameis Winston now. Um, I'd rather talk about him than the next one, because that other one makes me really sad. Yeah. So Jameis Winston, this one makes me a little bit sad. Um, he was suspended by the NFL for three games of the coming season for... Uh, sexually uh, assaulting slash groping an Uber driver without her consent during a drunken ride in 2016. Yep, in Phoenix. Um, yes. So she filed a complaint with her employer right away, um, you know, detailing what happened to her. And apparently Jameis Winston was sitting in the front seat and, like, groped her and, um, and touched her, without her consent and then she also told some friends later on but her story has remained very consistent throughout James winston's story has changed a little bit i mean maybe not his story specifically yeah. but he said that he was in the car with like two other people and it wasn't him that was doing the groping and the sexual assaulting that you know, she got confused because i'm assuming she got confused because there were like three dudes in the car and she didn't know who was who um One of his friends backed up that claim that there were other people in the car um, and Winston wasn't in the front seat. But the third person who was um, alleged to have been in this car came forward and said, no, we were out at a party and Jameis Winston was super drunk and we were like kind of sick of him. So we just threw him in an Uber. He was there by himself and we sent him home. Um... So that individual has come out with a very contradictory story, uh, but he himself has a little bit of a background. Yes, he is one of, I think, four Vanderbilt,
0: former Vanderbilt football players who back in 2013 was accused of, um, I believe, gang rape. Um, it was a really awful story. Um, I believe it was my recollections that it was covered in the film The Hunting Ground, which also highlighted uh, accusations against Jameis Winston of rape while he was at Florida State University. Um, so while uh, there, there's, I suppose there's a credibility question when it comes mm-hmm. to uh, this particular witness. What's interesting is that um, a guy by the name of Ronald Darby, who plays for the Eagles, who is said that he was in the car with Jameis Winston that night. And I guess it was in Scottsdale, not Phoenix. Um, A Phoenix suburb. (laughs) Yes. Um, He said he was in the car. They were both sitting in the back seat and nothing happened. But one key detail he failed to mention was that uh, he wasn't in the car for the whole ride. At some point he got dropped off. And um, then Jameis Winston was presumably alone in the car with the driver. Interesting. Um, So... The league apparently discovered that after reviewing electronic evidence, um, which I would guess is like the Uber receipts or Mm -hmm. tracking of where he got dropped off. Um, And it sounds like that may have been a deciding factor in them finding that Winston wasn't, didn't have, you know, he didn't have an eyewitness anymore who was with him the whole time who could say he absolutely didn't do this.
1: And, uh, you know, since we tried this podcast last weekend, Um, It has come out that Jameis Winston is not appealing the suspension, that he's accepting it, and he's made an apology, or he's apologized and essentially said that, you know, that was a really bad time in my life, and I'm not the person that I was then, etc., 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 so he's accepting um, the three-game suspension, so...
0: that's something yeah and actually sort of breaking news a deadspin story that came out about two hours ago um said part of the found that part of the electronic evidence to uh, discredit ronald darby was a series of text messages that showed that they were not in the car together
1: Um, is ronald darby going to get in trouble for lying i don't know i mean he lied to nfl investigators that seems problematic you know as much as they think they have the force of law. They actually don't. So no, it's not a crime to lie to them. I mean, it would be misconduct in the workplace to lie to them, but it's not a crime. Right.
0: Um, and the victim of um, this incident issued a statement, um, a few, I believe it was just a few hours ago.
1: Look at us breaking news. <laughs> yeah.
0: That um, And I'll read it in full because I think the ending is fantastic. Um, I'm glad to see the NFL discipline, Jameis Winston. I do appreciate his apology, even if it needs some work. I would like to publicly that's fantastic. Um, I would like to publicly acknowledge NFL invest the NFL investigators, particularly Lisa Friel and John Ionorelli, for their kind, professional, and thorough investigation. My experience should highlight the importance of believing women when they have the courage to come forward about sexual assault. Perhaps that night could have been prevented if others had been believed before me. Mr. Winston once said, girls should be silent, polite, and gentle. I disagree. Hashtag me too. So oh, wow.
1: Good on you, Kate. Um, <laughs> and that's actually the first time that I've ever heard really positive things about Lisa Friel because... I know she has been viewed, I think, by a lot of
0: folks as sort of a... Uh, she's like a, a patina on the uh, pile of shit that is the NFL's like domestic violence investigation unit. Yeah. That she's basically put her credibility on the line um, mm-hmm. for this bullshit
1: investigatory group i mean i i still have problems with the fact that this is two years later yeah it's crazy that it took this long yes i'm not tooting my own horn but i did finish an investigation in under a month like That's... and i didn't even have the resources of the nfl behind me like this really like this is your job it shouldn't take that long
0: yeah, and like we've dealt with pretty, obviously we will not talk about them in any sort of detail, but like complex, yeah, high-level, high level, very arguably scandalous issues coming up in investigations. Yeah. Um, and it didn't yeah, take two years. They don't take two years. Oh, we would have been fired if it had taken two years. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I literally cannot imagine what would happen if we had an investigation <laughs> that took two years. So yeah, and this seems like it's... I suppose there are always complications that you can't foresee at the start of an investigation, but it seems like this is pretty straightforward. It was a woman in a car where there were tracking devices. Yes. She made a complaint. Yeah. Like, how the fuck hard is it to figure out what happened here? (laughs) Yeah. No kidding. I mean, I suppose there, you know, you can always say, like, nobody knows what happened in the car besides the two people, but at least drilling down on the fact that the witnesses were inconsistent. Yes. She, I
1: think, has been consistent in her story all along, mm-hmm. and there's corroborating, corroborating evidence about yeah. like where people were, right when and they his were dropped off. Friend lied. <laughs> yes, I mean,
0: maybe Ronald Darby was drunk and didn't really forgot, mm-hmm. but you know, so I don't want to. I know there's a, a lot of debate <laughs> in society now about assigning intent to people by saying they lied as opposed to like were mistaken,
1: misremembered.
0: <laughs> but uh, in any case, what he told them
1: proved to not align with the actual facts. So. Um, yeah. So, well, I'm glad that she, that she had a, a positive experience because that can be very difficult to participate in an investigation as the victim or the complainant and, and feel that, um, you know, there's some degree of, like, I need to poke at your story to make sure it holds up because... Right. Um, you know, this sort of sets the course for me as the investigator in talking to everyone else. So, you know, and that can't—that's not always pleasant. You know? No, and I think sometimes uh,
0: the investigator. So, like under California law, there are only three groups of people who can do investigations: either an HR professional from inside the organization, a lawyer, or a licensed private licensed investigator. PI. Mm-hmm. Um So there can be a feeling that, particularly if it's a person who works in hr at the company or an investigator hired by hr because they mm-hmm. want to outsource it that like the whole process is just being done to cover the ass of the employer mm-hmm. and they're not really they don't care to get to the bottom of what happened they just want to make sure that they're not going to get sued so um i don't know i suppose this yeah you know, this woman could have sued the nfl i don't know if the
1: Yeah, I don't know how
0: it works because the NFL is not really the employer of Jameis Winston, although he was in the offseason. I mean, I don't know how she would have created like a nexus back to his work. But in any event, um, yeah, it Mm -hmm. seems like just the way that our system is structured, it doesn't incentivize sort of supporting or centering the victim in this process. Mm -hmm. So the fact that she came away from it having a positive experience is notable.
1: Yes, that's a little bit of a win. Yeah. Um, all right. Third story. Sad story. Yeah.
0: <sighs> yeah so um, I feel like, yeah, this whole thing has gotten progressively worse. We have some like hot goss at the end of the uh, <laughs> podcast to <laughs> uplift. Thanks for everybody. So our third NFL story, um, again, we're talking about a former NFL player, Kellen Winslow Jr., I'm emphasizing junior, or I guess the second. He's the second. Oh, okay, which
1: makes no sense, but okay. um,
0: in any event, because the crimes he has been accused of are so heinous, I don't want Kellen Winslow Senior to be accidentally painted with the bad brush. Um, and Kellen Winslow the second has been uh, arrested and is now sitting in jail on charges of um, rape and. Kidnapping, kidnapping and burglary. Was charged with burglary um, in as a result of a series of alleged assaults on uh, women in their ranging in age from i think 54 to 86. Mm-hmm. um i did as part of some gallows humor joke to genevieve they referred to all of his victims as elderly women i think those ladies in their 50s are should be considered elderly and like they have clearly been through enough <laughs> Now they have to be called old yes. elders in the uh, in the news. That seems terribly unfair. The yeah. least of their worries, but still.
1: Um, and you know, compounding the fact that they are elderly women. Sorry to the fifty-four and fifty-nine-year-olds. Um, but the women who were kidnapped and allegedly allegedly kidnapped and raped um, were transient women. So you know, yeah. even the most like marginalized people of society. Um, he. It sounds like he preyed on, on women in this position. Um, the woman that he allegedly burgled um, was 86, and they lived in like a trailer, trailer park. Trailer park, yeah. So, um, you know, again, not like super rich individuals who you know have security or um, things like that around, but definitely, it's. Yeah, it's a horrible story. So he um, he pled not guilty to all of the charges. He sits in jail, um, and I don't think there was bail set for him, if, that, if I'm remembering correctly. I believe my recollection is that is correct. Um, Michael McCann wrote a very lengthy and well-written article in Sports Illustrated, as he normally does, and he outlined a number of legal theories for Kellen Winslow second's defense, which include, you know, sort of uh, the run of the mill. It wasn't me. You have clearly arrested the wrong person. Um, I wasn't there. I was like, you know, I was in Cabo at the time that these crimes happened, whatever. Um, or that... Uh, like, what happened was not what you think happened sort of thing. Right.
0: And I... Uh, so one theory that has been advanced is um, basically, Kellen Winslow Jr. is a very large African-American man, and he was walking around the trailer park. He says looking for a home for his mother-in-law, and that some overexcited people mm. called the cops on him because he seemed to not belong there, um, which if you've been following the stories of Barbecue Becky and Permit Patty. uh, Not completely outside of the realm of possibility, but it also seems like a, maybe not a reasonable explanation for what happened here.
1: Um, Can I tell you how sad I am to know that their names aren't actually Patty or Becky? Because I thought (laughs) how insanely appropriate that they're called Barbecue Becky and Permit Patty and, and... but those aren't their names i mean their real
0: names are jennifer and allison it's pretty close yeah but still i mean like also permit patty do you know what her job is she sells weed to dogs yes without a fucking permit
1: (laughs) no i thought she had a permit she
0: does now she didn't for like the first seven years where she was selling weed to dogs Mm -hmm. also as a dog owner i have learned don't give weed to dogs it's not okay i don't know if maybe Uh, this this was like a specialized or like she does like tinctures right so. but like why are you giving cannabis to dogs is it to help their pain like dogs can get arthritis and i guess be anxious mm-hmm. i do not have an arthritic or anxious dog so i wouldn't know but the whole thing i mean she's the whitest job in the world <laughs> and her name is allison and she just couldn't figure out how to deal with the little african-american girl selling water on a hot day yes. other than to call the cops and now she feels like she is being discriminated against.
1: Um, and that was no <gasps> offense to our friends who are named Allison.
0: No, not at all. <laughs> they are wonderful. It's Allison with an I, too. So that I have a cousin, Allison, with an I. She wouldn't call the police on a little kid <laughs> selling water. But anyway, I'm sorry you didn't yeah. realize no, their names weren't actually Becky and Patty.
1: Well, <laughs> I so I definitely knew that Permit Patty's name was Allison. But for some reason, I thought BBQ Becky was Bart Her name was Becky. <laughs> she looks like a becky to me i, I she just, does kind of look like a becky yeah anyways um oh and jogger
0: joe oh right that asshole <laughs> yes Ugh. i mean i miss oakland um uh, but i am kind of glad that i am not around to be associated with these shitty white people who <laughs> he because he threw the homeless guy stuff into lake Mary, yes. right yes who does that like what? he
1: does i don't know it never
0: I always... I mean, I don't know why I'm talking about this in the podcast, but, like, I've often thought to myself, like, I don't pay sufficient attention to what's happening in the world around me. Like, I put my headphones on, I'm walking around. I mean, somebody Mm -hmm. could be, like, setting a building on fire as I walk by. I might not notice it. Mm -hmm. Who the fuck are these other people who notice goddamn everything and then feel like it's okay to call the cops or (laughs) to disrupt a person who's minding their own freaking business? I mean, yeah, there are a lot of homeless people around, like, Merritt. They're all... Well, at least in my experience, uh, you know, they they just want to live their lives. Okay, they're not
1: bothering you. No, they're not bugging anybody. Wait. And it didn't even and it didn't even look like the person's belongings were like on the path. I mean it was like tucked away. Yeah. Like he went there specifically to throw things into the lake. I'm just like, Edgar, throwing things into the lake. I'm sure not a lot of things live in the lake, but enough things live in the lake that like. I'm rats swim- live in the
0: lake. I've seen rats in the lake, but yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't like, know. Like you that. don't want to be swimming along getting thumped in the head with like, you know, someone's stuff. No, it's littering. <laughs> yes. And it's somebody else's stuff, like he doesn't have a home to put in it, but that doesn't mean it's not his stuff. Yeah, so anyways, I was really disappointed by the fact that these people's monikers are not actually their names. Jogger Joe's. What is his real name? It might be... I don't know. He had a
0: real tough mugshot, because he at least got arrested. Yes. I don't know that there, other than the public shaming, have been any actual consequences for Becky and Patty. Yeah. But well, um, P- Patty lost her job. Oh, she did. Yeah,
1: because the people. I know were... she
0: got cut off um, by so the one of the big dispensaries in Oakland used to yeah. sell her stuff, and I know they said they were. Yeah, doing no, she lost right her either. job.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, uh, shut your fucking window, lady. Like I don't. Yeah, like how long... you live in a city? This. <laughs> I yeah I don't I don't know. My upstairs neighbor has an alarm that goes off at 5:45 every fucking morning. Wakes me up almost every day. I don't call the police on her. It's annoying as hell, but whatever. I live in an apartment building. This is my life. So, ugh. Well, that was a tangent. Um, Totally unrelated to Kellen Winslow and his horrible treatment of older ladies.
1: Yeah, so getting back to that. So one of the other defenses that he would, that they're positing that he may have is that he's suffering from CTE. And he obviously is not, um, he has diminished actuality, which is the same as diminished capacity where you don't have the ability to form intent to you know hurt people or engage in crimes so
0: those are um and he was previously arrested for having synthetic weed
1: yes that interestingly enough springs from a November 2013 incident in New Jersey where a 57, 58-year-old woman called the police to report that Kellen Winslow II was masturbating in his truck in a Target parking lot. Oh, that's gross. Yes. When the police arrived, they did not see any sign of genitalia, but they did find the synthetic weed. Oh, boy. And two jars of petroleum jelly. <laughs> Sorry. I read that detail and I can't get it out of my head. Oh, that's terrible. (laughs) Burke's shoulders are so scrunched, Uh, they're like up by her ears. (laughs)
0: So apparently he was denied bail. Look, I'm so glad my dog ruined our last recording because we're getting all these great (laughs) details. We do research while we're talking to you. Um, When he was denied bail, apparently the judge cited the movie Mission Impossible as a reason to deny him bail. I will quote from the judge's statement now. Um, so what are all these movies I've watched, like Mission Impossible and stuff, where they create this endless loop. So the guy, like the Russians watching something, he sees everything and is fine. And meanwhile, Tom Cruise and all his folks are going around the scene and doing all this stuff. Oh, I think that's when, in the movies, when they have, like, the CCTV that they then set up in a loop. Yes, Uh uh-huh. So you don't actually see what's happening. Exactly. And so then, uh, Kellen Winslow's lawyer replied, Tom Cruise isn't on our team yet. The judge was unmoved by that and denied bail. So, like, he thinks that Kellen Winslow can, like, set up, like, fuck around with surveillance or his ankle monitor so that he's out doing stuff, Mission Impossible style, but nobody will know about it. I'm not really sure where the judge was going with that. That's crazy. That is crazy. This (laughs) trial, I mean, I'm a true crime fan, so I try to have some removed from, but I do recognize they're real victims and like, Mm -hmm. it's not just fun to read about, but this trial is going to be wild. That's where (laughs) (laughs) the judge is like, I'm not letting you out on bail because you could, you could could pull a Tom Cruise and just fake footage and we won't know where you've gone. Couldn't he do that in jail too? yeah i right? would imagine they have video cameras on them in jail mm-hmm. hmm.
1: yes i have a lot of questions <laughs> um uh yes kellen winslow senior and um his spouse are standing behind kellen winslow second
0: yes um yeah they basically said he didn't do it and they mm-hmm. stand behind him yeah. um what was weird is isn't wasn't one of these incidents he allegedly chased a woman into her house like she was outside gardening mm-hmm. and, and then he, he tried to it, he flashed her yeah. yeah and so she ran away but then I guess they didn't catch him mm-hmm. so they couldn't
1: actually t- if he's saying that he it wasn't him yeah um, they missed an opportunity I think uh, the him. woman who ran into the house like her husband came out and then like yeah. chased him away or something like that but I'm like. It sounds like, regardless of how this all shakes out, that Kellen Winslow II really needs a lot of help. Clearly. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, it is a, it's a sad story, I think, all around. Yes. So. Um, in lighter news? Well, actually, it's not lighter news. It's actually horrible news as well. Uh, there was a, a really strange case of cyberbullying in the NHL. Oh yes, um, so the Ottawa
0: Senators, who are just like a team on the whatever the opposite of like right upswing <laughs> yes. is, I don't know. They're on a they are plummeting towards the earth in a death spiral in an airplane. I don't know. They uh, so the Ottawa Senators coming off of I believe it was like two seasons ago, they almost made it to the Stanley Cup final last season. They were like the second worst team in the league. And uh, there were a lot of rumors as to what happened. Their uh, former general manager, Brian Murray, died after a long bout with cancer. He was very beloved. People took it really hard. Their um, owner, Eugene Melnick, is a complete goddamn lunatic and uh, is terrible, will not spend any money on the team. I mean, I say any. He basically spends to like the cap floor. The way that the salary cap in the NHL works is that you have to you have to hit at least a minimum of spending on salaries, and then you're capped on the high end. Um, it's not like baseball where you can blow through the cap and pay a luxury tax. Mm-hmm. Um, so he barely gets to the cap floor. He uh, complained on the eve of a, an outdoor game in Ottawa that the fans were terrible, and he was gonna move the team. Because the fans suck so much, part of Ottawa's problem—this is not at all legally related—has nothing actually to do with the story. But part of their problem is that their arena is out in the Ottawa suburbs, oh. is a real nightmare to get to, so people don't go to the games very much. Um. So yeah, but they're should... Canadian. Like, yeah, <laughs> isn't it like required for them to go to games? I guess. I mean, I get the, maybe they watch it at home.
1: Yeah, that's true. it's true. Um, Saturday night hockey and all.
0: Yeah, uh, hockey night in Canada. Yeah, that's right. Uh, So, anyway, the Senators, uh, so there's, like, drama that everybody kind of knew about going on. Um, They also had an incident where recently, um, where I think as part of a scouting trip, um, an assistant coach, Randy Lee, was arrested for uh, basically sexually harassing a teenage driver of a hotel shuttle. Like, he got up and started, like, rubbing the kid's shoulders and wouldn't leave him alone. Um, the Senators did basically nothing after this was reported. They um, were not doing – so he uh, – Randy Lee works a lot with their young players. He was oh. – I think he was scouting uh, in anticipation of the draft, which is why I previously thought he was at the draft when this happened. Mm. Um, so he uh, – they did nothing to, like, interfere with his participation in the draft. They said he was going to be down with every all the big other head honchos – Picking kids to come <laughs> play for Ottawa, even though he you know, like, was very inappropriate with one. Um, finally, cooler heads prevailed, uh, and he was put on paid administrative leave from the team. So I do not believe he participated in their draft activities. But we're not here to talk about all that. <laughs> we're here to talk about the cyberbullying incident, um, alleged cyberbullying incident between the uh, wife of star defenseman Eric Carlson and the fiance of leading scorer Mike Hoffman. Uh, so Monica, Car- or God, their names are so similar. It's like they are in some kind of like terrible and cheesy romance novel. Melinda Carlson is the wife of Eric Carlson. She was expecting their first child earlier this season. Uh, very sadly, their son was stillborn. Um, quite late into her pregnancy, Uh, and after this, that happened I think in March, in May, Melinda Carlson requested a peace order from a court in Ottawa, and that's I guess the Canadian equivalent to a restraining order, um, against a woman named Monica Carrick, fiance of Mike Hoffman, um, for making allegedly thousands of posts. Um, that were made derogatory comments towards uh, Melinda Carlson. She also claims that uh, Monica Carrick repeatedly wished her dead. Monica Carrick, Melinda Carlson. Yes, that Monica wished Melinda dead. Yes, wished Melinda dead, that Monica wished Melinda's baby dead, and the baby actually died. Makes the story so much worse. Um, and that she wished that Monica wished that someone would take out Eric
1: Carlson's knee so that his career would be over. Yes, and didn't, and Monica Carrick also made mention about she was. Surprised that Melinda was still pregnant because she was such a heavy drug user? Yes. So um, this whole thing kind of blew up publicly
0: and seems to have involved burner Instagram accounts, (laughs) um, which makes it sort of akin to the Brian Colangelo situation, except Mike Hoffman is standing by his woman and not throwing her under the bus, unlike Brian Colangelo. uh, Eric Carlson posted on Instagram about the death of his son, um, and a woman by the name, or excuse me, an Instagram user by the name of Sandy Dandy Forty Five responded, "Oh, that baby never had a chance mm-hmm. with all the painkillers that Monica pops." I'm paraphrasing. Melinda. Shit, <laughs> Melinda. I am paraphrasing, but that's basically what the comment said. Eric Carlson lost it and was like, "You're a terrible person.
1: Mm-hmm. We
0: know who you are. Like you do all these awful things." So, like, clearly, this had been. There's history. Yeah, yeah, there's history here. (laughs) At the time that the news broke, so what's sort of interesting is that it wasn't a sports reporter in Ottawa who caught this. It was a a reporter who works the courts. Um, Oh, because of the the pleadings for the peace order? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so once the story broke at least four wives of former Ottawa senators came out and were like, yeah, that Monica's a monster. She's <laughs> totally... This is very on brand for her, um, which is so...
1: Who uh, wishes death on little babies?
0: I know. <laughs> I it, it just seems so awful that I find it hard to believe, but like, clearly there are a lot of awful things. I mean, we're throwing yes. brown babies in cages right now and it's uh, sanctioned by the government, so I guess nothing is impossible. Um, but yeah, it just seems so... Horrifying, and if everybody, like other people, knew that she acted like this, why didn't someone say something? I, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, Mike Hoffman, like, yes, he was their leading scorer, but they were fucking terrible, so like, how good could he have been? Um, what complicated, so I'm losing track of the story now. The story breaks. All these other folks come out and are like, yeah, Monica's a bitch. She definitely did this. Um, Mike Hoffman comes out and was like, at first he was a little kind of wishy-washy, but then later he came out and was like, I'm 150% sure that like she's she, not involved yeah. in this. We hate cyberbullying, yada, yada, yada. Um, the Canadian media is definitely framing it as like Melinda Carlson is this just lovely, wonderful angel Sainted lady. Woman. And um, as somebody else put it, I believe it was Greg Wyshynski on the Puck Soup podcast, They're making Monica Carrick out to be, like, the villain in a Lifetime movie. Like, they have the most unflattering photos of her in every article I've seen, except the one where she and Mike Hoffman came out to try and defend themselves, and they're sitting with a bunch of puppies. Smart move, I would argue. (laughs) Um, But anyway, Mike Hoffman was basically taking the position that she didn't do this. She would never do this. They are very anti-cyberbullying. They're willing to work with the Carlsons to figure out who's been harassing them. Like, clearly somebody has been harassing these Mm -hmm. two people. So... Um, so that was sort of where they left things. Complicating factor from a hockey perspective is that the Senators... So Eric Carlson is only under contract for one more year. He seems deeply unhappy for <laughs> multiple reasons. Team sucks. His wife is being abused. Yes. It's just a really bad situation. Um, and given that there had been some tension in the locker room, they the team had been attempting to trade both Carlson and Hoffman before they were able to trade either one of them the story broke and then oh, it yeah. really fucked up their trade plans because not Often. only were teams kind of angry that yeah. like this whole thing had been going this big drama had been going on and no one told them throughout the trade mm-hmm. um the the trade talks but um also now they were basically going to have to run any trade by the wives of the other players on the team yeah. because this is... Monica Carrick gets toxic. Yeah, and yeah. there are people all over the league who hate her. Yes. Um, ultimately, Mike Hoffman was traded for about five minutes to San Jose uh, and then was, I think within two hours, again, traded to the Florida Panthers. So he is no longer with the Ottawa senators. Um, the uh, last I read... They hadn't served the peace order on Monica and Mike yet because I guess they don't live in Ottawa during the off season. Um, So the two of them were kind of at a loss as to what was happening, but uh, continue to assert their innocence.
1: Um, I mean, if I were them, I would hire like a forensics person to like prove that none of their phones, none of their computers are in any way associated with these Instagram burner accounts. Yeah, I mean, they need to really get ahead of this. If that it's not them, yeah. I mean, who? God, I just I don't I don't even know. Do you think? Um, so I mean, I'm pretty I, new to this whole entire situation. But do you think like Melinda Carlson and the women who are supporting her are doing a, like a Mean Girls thing? It wouldn't like, surprise me. But I mean, but. To accuse someone of wishing your baby dead, that's a really... I mean, that's... Like, you don't do that lightly. <laughs> no.
0: Right. And someone... I mean, the Instagram
1: comment was real. Oh, like, yeah.
0: I've, I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> you saw it? So not all of the... I haven't seen all of like the supporting documents for this application mm-hmm. for the peace order. Um, and we've just read excerpts. I don't know what... So peace order was issued. Clearly, there was some evidence that... It was more likely than not. Not that that Monica Carrick was doing the harassment. Mm -hmm. Um, But for Melinda Carlson to say that she had had made thousands of postings. First of all, posting implies that she put it somewhere out on the internet and wasn't just like snide comments or um, under her
1: breath as they walked past the hors d'oeuvre table or something. Right. Um,
0: So I don't know. I don't know what those postings say or what their attachment to Monica Carrick is. Um, Mm-hmm. But because even if you
1: have the postings, you need to be able to draw the line between the postings, Sandy Dandy, whatever, to, right, to um, her. Yeah. Um, and it seems like I mean maybe this is just a giant
0: conspiracy, and it really is. Ma- Melinda Carlson, her friends, <laughs> trying to set this woman up, and then Eric Carlson, thinking that it was really Monica Carrick, is going to find out that his wife's <gasps> lying to him this whole time. That would be two lifetime movies. I just finished watching. I uh, binged all four seasons of Jane the Virgin, and that sounds like a telenovela storyline. So I'm pretty sure that's not what's happening. Because um, they're Canadians, remember that, right? Right, yeah. and he's Swedish.
1: Oh, okay. So yeah, they don't seem to roll like that. I don't think.
0: No, he had a dramatic first. He divorced his first wife. Oh, and it was a little. Yeah, they were married. He, he was very emo about the whole thing. No. Oh. It wasn't, like, Monica Carrick's, like, cousin or something? No, he was just so basically, like, my heart has been ripped out of my chest. I'm so sad, which, oh. I mean, that's fair, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. S- suck it up, dude. <laughs> Terrible things happen. You'll be fine. Um, but now he found love with Melinda. Yeah, so. well, I was
1: going to say, he feels what he feels.
0: That's true. He's like, long hair. He's got really good hockey flow. Oh. So, um,
1: yeah, so that's the... Wow, oh,
0: craziness. That is the
1: twisted tale of uh, Melinda and Monica and Eric and Mike. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, he is still with... the Carlson is still with the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, he's going to be... So this is not a legal
0: issue, but he and Drew Doughty, who plays for the Los Angeles Kings, are going to be the two big defensemen free agents, oh. um, I believe, next season. Got and it. Doughty just signed with the, re-signed with the Kings for eight years, eight million a year, I think. Oh. Which that doesn't seem right because John Carlson of the Washington Capitals also signed for eight and eight, and Drew Doughty is a lot better than him. So oh. I could be misremembering with the contract was, or Dowdy just took a hometown discount. In any event, Eric Carlson will now be, like, the marquee name for people to trade free for. Agents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so might someone might trade for him as a rental for a year um, with the hope of signing him, or I cannot envision a circumstance under which Ottawa, he's going to re-sign in Ottawa. So yeah, I mean, especially they,
1: since they're so bad.
0: Yeah, if they want to get something out of him, they could do, like, a sign-and-trade, but... uh
1: yeah, I don't know. We'll yeah. see what happens. But
0: he currently is still with the Ottawa Senators.
1: Um, I think we should probably go to our three-minute warning because we have a lot of stories in our three-minute warning. Yeah,
0: and I talked a lot about the <laughs> mean girl drama in Ottawa. So,
1: <laughs> Well, and then we got off on that barbecue Becky, Permit Patty, Jogger, Joe rant. So we apologize, but this is, you know, this is why. Local news, guys.
0: <laughs> this is what you tuned in for.
1: This is why you listen to us. Um, I don't know. Where do you want to start three-minute morning wise uh, Winona Judd's daughter? Sure. That's a
0: pretty quick story. Yeah. Winona Judd, famed country singer, one half of the duo, the Judds. Mother-daughter, not yes, <laughs> Yes, not, Ashley Judd is not part of the singing yeah. clan, but she is Winona Judd's sister. Um, her daughter was recently
1: arrested on um, drug charges. I think, was she selling meth? Well, so it's actually kind of interesting. So she was arrested in 2017 for selling meth, um, and, like, so, uh, cooking and distributing meth. Her jail time was reduced to probation, and after 30 days in jail, um, and then going to an in-house rehab program, mm-hmm. but she violated her probation. That's what got her thrown into jail, and now she's serving eight years. years. Yeah.
0: Which is a long time mm-hmm. to be in prison.
1: Yeah, apparently, um, she, uh... So aside from the meth, she, um, she was manufacturing meth. She was manufacturing meth. I said cooking, but that's because I couldn't remember the word manufacturing. Um, I know. It's,
0: it's I mean, bad. it is cooked.
1: Um, she was, what was she? She like, so she left her drug court mandated drug program. Um, she also like fled the jurisdiction. She did a whole bunch of things. Yeah. Um, and she is, although she
0: was scheduled for, sorry, she's sentenced to eight years, meaning she wouldn't get out of prison until August of 2025, she will apparently be up for parole in February of next year. Yeah. Um,
1: so yeah, I don't really, I didn't even know that Winona Judd had a daughter, so. Um,
0: yeah, I feel like it was on the cover of People Magazine back when I was younger and used to read it regularly that she had a baby. Oh, so. okay. Hmm. Yeah, but this girl's only 22. I don't know. It's just sad. It is really sad. It also makes it sound like she's kind of some kind of meth kingpin. So. uh...
1: Yeah, she. You know. uh, I guess um, she had been seen in like a bunch of Walgreens buying pseudoephedrine.
0: Did you know that Mountain Dew can do the same damage to your teeth that meth does?
1: That does not surprise me. It's got so much sugar in it and. It's that crazy yellow color. Yeah, it's not a color that exists
0: in nature. Um, So don't do meth or Mountain Dew, kids. It's all very bad. Bad
1: stuff. Um, We have an update on Rebel Wilson. So several pods ago, we talked about her defamation case that she brought against an Australian um, publication. And she won uh, $4.7 million in that suit. Uh, most of it were related to, like, damage to her career by the things that were published in this in this magazine. Um, the amount of the judgment was appealed. That was yeah. the what was on appeal, and the appeals court in Australia lowered the award amount from four point seven million to six hundred thousand dollars Australian dollars. Um, the, basically $5. <laughs> the judge um, or the court of appeals said that the payout was excessive. Um, and so they did cut it. Interestingly, when she was awarded the money in September of 2017, mm-hmm. the newspaper like paid it instantly. Right. Which seems super
0: weird. Normally, mm-hmm. well, at least in cases I've been involved in where you win something, Uh, if you're going to appeal, you, yeah, you just don't pay or you have to put the money in escrow, Mm -hmm. um, like in bankruptcy, there's a process by which you basically, you, you have to get a bond to make sure that you have the money, but you are not obligated to pay it out until the whole process is run its
1: course. So they paid it. I mean, I think they took a pretty big gamble. Mm. This is what I think they did. They paid it instantly. They won. She owes them back the money, plus interest. That's fucked up. And lawyer's fees. I don't know, maybe it's something weird about the Australian legal system. But she won the first time! I know, that's what I don't understand. So she, um, yeah, so she's got to pay back $4.1 million, including $60,000 in interest. After the original judgment was set aside. (laughs) Um, It seems really unfair. It does seem really unfair. Uh, she was also ordered to pay 80% of um, the appeals costs. Mm-hmm. So, of her $600,000, she probably isn't left with very much. But again, if that's your strategy where you think that if you pay it like right away and then you appeal it, so you think you'll get better interest rates with Rebel Wilson than you will at the bank, I mean. It seems like a significant flaw in the <laughs>
0: Australian justice system if that's how things work. Yeah. Also,. That's crazy to me that she's being assessed all of these penalties mm-hmm. because she fucking won in the first place. Like she did. it seems like clearly, yeah, this wasn't completely frivolous. No, even the court that held against her still said she got six hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's I, Australia.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm I don't do litigation on a regular basis, but it's always seemed to me like getting like, court costs assessed against you, mm-hmm. and interest is a different issue, but, like, attorney's fees, like, yeah. there's got to be some, either it's built into the statute, because mm-hmm. yes, it, the I guess the implication is by going through this process and you lose your, it's a frivolous situation, yeah. or if, if you are the defendant and lose, like, these people shouldn't have had to incur these, They only incur these costs because if you're bad acting, so you should pay them for it, but... This seems crazy.
1: Well, I mean, me. 80% to me seems really high because if she did win her underlying case yeah. and it was just the amount of how much she was awarded was the thing at issue, then, I mean, I don't know if 80%, if $600,000 is 80% of $4.7 Actually, I think it, is it? Yeah, it's a, hmm. Well, like, or it's 20% of yeah. yeah. So that it would be proportional. But still, it just doesn't seem like it's that Ms. Wilson is suffering for winning a case. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Seems kind of messed up. It does. Um, I don't
0: know what she's doing with her career now. I feel like I haven't seen her in anything since Pitch Perfect 3, which I I saw in the theaters at Christmas time. And I'm a little embarrassed. I just (laughs) said that out loud. (laughs)
1: Um, and I think maybe that was part of the rationale for lowering the amount of the award because they're saying basically, like, well, you're not really doing anything and it's not, has nothing to do with... But isn't her argument that they ruined her career? I
0: think... I I wouldn't have known that they, that she lied about her age, but for her lawsuit, (laughs) I will just note that. (laughs) It's too bad they didn't pluck you for the jury.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't know what I would have found, but I didn't realize she lied about her age. Yeah. Um, sort of the last um, legal, famous legal um, issue is uh, the Dr. Dre Beats by Dre uh, headphones lawsuit. So, no. yeah, so I guess one of the guys who was instrumental in sort of creating the Beats by Dre uh, headphones back in the day, like in like 1998 or whatever, no, not 1998, like 2008, 2006, um, sued for basically like unpaid royalties. And he alleged that, yeah, he did sign away intellectual property mm-hmm. rights. Um, but his argument was that he should have gotten royalties not just for the headphones that he helped initially design, but the generations of headphones that succeeded the initial one because they were all based on this original design. And he had originally sought to get like a $100 million in royalties. Um, he ended up getting $25 million in royalties, which is still a substantial amount of money. But they did sell Beats by Dre to Apple for $3 billion. Yeah, I was going to say, it does
0: seem like a lot of money, but also like a drop in the bucket to Dr. <laughs> Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine.
1: Yeah, um, but... <laughs> I was reading a whole bunch of articles. I guess the Hollywood Reporter followed this case pretty closely, but it sounded like when Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine were up on the stand, that they basically got to sit and talk about how awesome they were in the music industry for like hours at a time. Wow. Yeah, this has got to reminisce about the good old days, like how they broke into the business I mean, and Dr. Dre. Dre beat
0: a woman. So I feel like I well, I guess if he put his character at issue, could you question him about that? It was cut. It was this a lot of controversy around this because this storyline oh. was not included in the straight out of Compton film that Dr. Dre helmed. Um, but
1: no, this is a very boring contracts interpretation case because they did sign a settlement agreement. Oh, was, so it was just interpretation of the I was settlement just agreement. Thinking if he like put his
0: awesome character at issue, you could. Yeah. Uh, I, I, mean, I don't remember my evidence rules very well <laughs> so,
1: yeah I don't think that no it really it seemed like it really came down to whether or not you the intent was that the intellectual property was just this one the or- original, original yeah or that it was going to attach to all of the generations of Beats by Dre headphones, which of which I own a pair.
0: I know I've never owned a pair of Beats by Dre headphones because I'm very hard on my headphones, and so the idea of spending that much money on a pair of headphones seems ludicrous to me personally. But I've heard wonderful things about them, so <sighs>
1: yeah i I spent a long time like coming to the decision that I wanted to own a pair, and I was like, finally, I just can't walk around with the Apple headphones <laughs> anymore because I'm a sure. An adult with a job and you know, I've like, I have, I've have well no, but the, the, <laughs> you see me and that's all I wear all the yeah. time, anyways. And so, um, but one of my problems is that. Because I used to take the bus all the time, like, I'd have my headphones and the cord, uh, and they'd get snagged on something, sure. or, like, I'd strangle myself, like, you know, because the buses were, like, started, you know, you were just sardine in there. So I was like, I'm going to get a wireless pair, and then my life will be so much better. You know, that's actually pretty, it worked pretty well for a while. I would be nervous that people on the bus wouldn't notice I was wearing headphones but would try to talk to me. Oh, that's the good thing about the bus bus that I would take to and from work. Like nobody talked to anybody because everyone was listening to headphones. Yeah. I don't want to talk to people on my commute. Yeah. We were all commuters. Yeah. So, um, I just had one story that I wanted to talk about, um, because it is world cup. Um, and so we are done with all the group stages. We're on to the knockout rounds and, um, out of group Mm -hmm. F, um, Mexico and Sweden advanced to the knockout stage and I just wanted to raise for your general awareness a player by the name of Rafa Marquez. He is 39 and he is one of three players to appear in five World Cups. Um, he was a very instrumental player for Barcelona and Monaco, you know, back in the day, he doesn't play, you know, full matches anymore. He comes in as a sub (laughs) because he's 39, um, you know, to his credit, he's still running around out there. Um, but interestingly, Mr. Marquez, if you notice him on the field ever, his kit, his jersey and his shorts and his shoes look different than everybody else's. And this is because He's not permitted to do business with U.S. businesses because he is on the U.S. Treasury Department's, like, blacklist because of his association with known drug traffickers. So uh, so he's not allowed to, like, U.S. businesses are not allowed to do business with him, which means that he can't wear, like, um, I, all of a sudden... Any U.S. business that does apparel or logos, like I just drew a massive blank. Probably like Adidas or Puma. Yeah, Adidas, I think is. Well, yes, they're based in the United States, but I think they're originally German. But anyways, yeah. So he can't wear logos on any of his shirts, advertising anything like Chevy or anything like that. Um, When he does press conferences he can't drink from bottled waters that have like Aquafina or Dasani on it because those are U.S. brands. He's got to do like the little black and yellow generic (laughs) level water or whatever. And oftentimes, I don't know if you've all been watching World Cup, and if you haven't, you really should, um, because the games in Russia are on at pretty friendly Pacific Standard Time um, times. Uh, When they do after-match interviews... Players stand literally in front of a wall of logos, and he can't do that because he cannot be affiliated with any of these um, businesses. It's um, just really strange because of his connection to Flores Hernandez. It seems odd to
0: me that, like, if he grabs a bottle of water and drinks it, that that company is now held liable for him drinking their water but maybe it's something with the contracts that they've all worked out with fifa
1: maybe but i don't know that he would be i don't know that he would get in trouble for drinking the water but i know that he wouldn't he couldn't drink the water on television like in a purposeful way right got it because you're you know oftentimes they put the water there as advertisement for the water and it is and it is to an extreme where The fee that Mexico receives from FIFA for playing in the World Cup, which is about $1.5 million, had to be routed through European banks with no links to the United States so they could get paid. That's nuts. Yeah, it is nuts. Yeah, U.S. businesses are not allowed to conduct any business with him whatsoever. Huh. Yeah. And apparently, um, and it seemed like the drug cartel was using... Rafa Marquez's, like, side businesses mm-hmm. to launder money. That's the connection. And I don't know, uh, like, if Marquez knew that that was happening. But he's... Yeah. But the ignorance of the law is not a defense. That's true. And so the State Department has said, nope, you're on our list.
0: Huh. Uh, well, before we wrap up, I do have a quick reality TV stoop. Um, I will keep it quick because it's horrifying and I hate talking about the Jersey Shore, but oh. there's some Jersey Shore drama. Ronnie from the Jersey Shore... Um, was dragged behind a car by his, I guess she's his girlfriend. She is definitely the mother of his child. Um, So an incident happened in Las Vegas. He has said truly horrifying things that I will not repeat about her on social media. Um, She was alleged to have cheated on him. Um, So then they were in Vegas and she dragged him around with her car. She was charged with domestic battery. She's been released on three thousand dollars bail. Um, Ronnie is saying he is um, going to like take their kid away from her. Oh. So apparently, the uh, Ronnie has explained There's some further details about this. They got into a fight at a barbecue while well, they were driving home from barbecue. He told her to pull the car over to let him out. She then took off. But he got caught in the seatbelt um, <gasps> and she t- then dragged him and injured him by uh, driving off while he was hanging out of the car. And their baby was in the vehicle. <gasps> oh, that's horrible. Now, she's like three months old, so, oh, so probably she won't remember this. Okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's really horrifying. She has called him a cokehead and a terrible father on social media. Um yeah, it's just a real mess, but that's the reality TV stoops. She's not on bail. She could have killed him. Mm-hmm. Luckily, she didn't. Their baby seems to be fine, but no one knows where she is right now. So um, I'm hoping that means she's with responsible adults who are taking good care of her. Yeah. Uh,
1: we actually do have one last item. Oh, yes. You have to talk about this.
0: So um, some joyful news for once related to the pod father, sort of. Um, Shayna Jenkins Hernandez, Hernandez, <laughs> sorry, um, who was the fiance and uh, of Aaron Hernandez and uh, mother of his child, gave birth to a baby girl this week. Baby boy. Baby oh, boy. Oh wait, no, it was baby girl. Uh, I thought she said it was baby girl on the Instagram when she um, was talking about yeah, uh, being pregnant. Yep, yeah, you're right, baby girl. Uh, baby girl. So she, uh, the father of her child, uh, not Aaron Hernandez. Why that had to be clarified, I don't know, because he has been dead for 13 months, um, or had been dead for 13 months when she announced her pregnancy, but um, it's a uh, boxer whose name is escaping me right now.
1: Uh, Dino Gil- Gu- Um,
0: which sounds very appropriate for, like, southeastern Massachusetts. He's from Providence. Sure. That's, yep, that's that's right.
1: <laughs> um... Um, I thought I thought I read somewhere that Dino and Aaron Hernandez were friends, like before. Of the f- course they were. <laughs> um, yeah, but maybe so. not. I mean, I could be wrong. I've b- been reading this for the last week, so. Um. So in any event, Mazel Tov
0: to Shanna Aja- Shan Hernandez and um, the new addition to her family.
1: Yeah, okay. Is that his face? Yeah, that is his face. So, um, according to the Daily Mail, and you know, they're good source, integrity up the wazoo from the Daily Mail. Apparently, they met about a year ago through mutual friends. We just hit it off from the beginning, he said. Sure, you did. Yeah. So, when asked whether Hernandez was an issue at the beginning of their relationship, he said, I didn't care one bit. There are a lot of ugly comments out there. I don't listen to them, I tune them out anyway.
0: So, hold up. They got together a year ago, and she just had a baby. Yeah. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Shanna, what are you doing? Well, sorry, this is meant to be a happy announcement, not a <laughs> judgment of Shanna Jenkins-Hernandez and her life choices, and probably this is the most reasonable life choice she has made in quite some time. So,
1: You know, in her defense, this is going to be a pretty flimsy one, but, you know, they had been apart for a very long time, so she was oh, a one. I-
0: Uh, That's, I just meant, why are you having a baby with a man you met a year ago? Oh, a year ago. ago.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe she was just super ready to move on with her life because of all of the terrible, terrible things that have been happening to her since, uh, two, whenever it started. It's
0: 2013. That's when they marched him out of his house with his, uh, shirt not on and in handcuffs. I only remember because I was studying for the bar at the time. So following the Aaron Hernandez story actually helped me with my
1: legal studies. (laughs) Well, yes. And so, yeah. So we're sad that Aaron Hernandez is not here to enjoy this news, maybe. But he might not enjoy it. He probably wouldn't. No. But, um, yeah. I'm sure he would want her
0: to be happy. That's true. I think that was part of the note that he left behind. So good for Shayana. Hope she has a nice, happy, peaceful, quiet rest of her life with her two daughters.
1: Yeah. Do you know the name of her second daughter? I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I, I'm scanning this article really quickly, and I don't see it. So, all right. Yeah. So that's it from us for our fiftieth episode slash fifty first. I'm glad we uh, we got in some discussion of
0: uh, the Podfather. It wouldn't have wouldn't have felt like a real milestone without exactly. him.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I'm glad that she waited to have this little baby girl so we could talk about him tonight. Um, So
0: thanks so much for listening. As always, you can check us out on Twitter or Instagram at UFR underscore BG. Uh, You can check out our website Mm underfurthereview-bg.com. Did I get that right? And then our email is underfurthereview.bg at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.